everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you are brand new to the show, this podcast is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. On this show, I bring on content creators to pro players and many other guests and much more to talk about magic and who they are and what they're about, as well as I have some solo episodes where I just ramble on for almost an hour to sometimes over an hour about nothing but magic and you just don't hear me stop talking for a whole hour and I just can't shut up and I just ramble on and then I completely forget what I just said at the end of that episode. So before we begin, let's have or let's get some announcements out of the way. Grand Prix Orlando is quickly coming up August 10th through the 12th and I will be there. Grand Prix Atlanta may seem like it's far away. It's in November, but it's coming up quickly and I will be there from November 2nd to the 4th. So be sure to check out my Facebook and Twitter to definitely keep an eye out if I'm definitely going, which I am definitely going because I already got the time off from work. So I'm definitely going. Definitely. Very cool. So Magic Wazubi can be found on the following. Facebook.com slash Magic Wazubi on Twitter at Magic Wazubi. You can email me with any questions you have at mtgzubi at gmail.com. Uh, this podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. If you want to help support the show, be sure to visit the Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwazubi. There's some cool rewards there. If you do, it's not necessary, though. Um, Magic Wazubi is also on YouTube. Just search Magic Wazubi on YouTube, and you will find my YouTube channel called Zuby Productions, which... It's not just a Magic Wazubi channel. I do have the VCR Gaming Podcast up there as well and some random videos that I like to make every once in a great while, which is not very often. But most of the time, it's just my podcast up there. So today's episode, I brought on the content creator AlbyMTG of the YouTube channel AlbyMTG. That's A-L-B-Y-M-T-G. Brought him on to talk some shop, talk about some content creation, what it's like running a YouTube channel and being a content creator in general and, you know, the the work that goes behind it, as well as we like to, we talk about magic as well. So, so I really hope you enjoy the interview between us. It was a lot of fun. And so before we get into the interview, here are some ads here first. Uh, Magic Wazubi is also sponsored by Manatraders.com. If you want to go ahead and rent decks on Magic Online, definitely check out Manatraders.com and use promo code MTGZUBI when you check out and get 15% off your first three months. It is an awesome service. Definitely worth it if you play a lot of Magic Online. And um, let's get the rest of the ads out of the way. And I hope you really enjoy the show here. Jazzy, what does the calculator say about the shipping costs? It's over $9! What? $9? There's no way that could be right! At LegitMTG.com, we don't charge shipping for any order over $2 or more. We're not like those other guys who make you spend an arm and a leg to get free shipping. Come on down to LegitMTG.com for all your magic needs and be sure to get that free shipping special. That's LegitMTG.com. Visit today. Man, I wish there were others who liked retro video games like me. Did I hear someone say retro video games? I heard it too, Matt! Well, if you're a fan of retro video games as well as gaming in general, you need to listen to the VCR Gaming Podcast. 
It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Oh God, my house! Zuby here, and I am with Albie MTG of YouTube fame here. And um, I brought him on to talk a little bit about Magic the Gathering as well as content creation and whatever else we just happen to dive into. So I guess to start off with, um, Albie, how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? All right, cool. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Mark, but people know me better on the internet as Albie. Um, I feel like YouTube fame might be a little a little bit of an over <laughs> overstatement well, there. You, but uh, You've definitely blown up the past few months, it seems like. Yeah, I switched over to doing daily uploads uh, sometime about halfway through April. Um, and ever since then, the channel has been doing extremely well, much better than I thought that it would. We jumped up from about 200 subscribers after about two years, and then once I switched over to daily uploads, we gained uh, over 800 in a month, which is just ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So you've been doing it for about two years now? Yeah, I've been a member of the community for about two years. I started playing back in Magic, or not in Magic Origins, started playing in Dragons of Tarkir. Um, and then okay. eventually joined the community around the end of Eldritch Moon, mid-Eldritch -Eldr Moon, somewhere in there. Um, and then just slowly uploading videos here and there as I felt like it. Just kind of having fun uploading whenever I wanted to. And I decided to start taking it a little bit more seriously now. And uh, here we are. So why the push to daily uploads now? Um, it was kind of like a mix of a bunch of things. Uh, I kind of started out this YouTube channel as... Um, just a way for me to kind of meet people, um, just people with similar interests in the Magic community and get to talk to, you know, cool people like yourself and uh, other people who enjoy the game. Um, and then eventually I just, I, I never really told anyone about my channel. It was just this little side secret sort of thing that I did yeah. in my free time. And then more people started finding out about my channel. And I realized that if people were going to start finding out about my channel, I should turn it into something that I'm uh, I guess proud of at least something that I'm willing to show people and have them see it and say hey this is actually kind of cool and so uh, pushing to daily uploads was just kind of a uh, kind of a result of that me wanting to make something that was a little bit better than the product that I had originally had uh, put out okay great so are you literally making videos every day at this point yeah i'm not necessarily the best when it comes to time management so uh, making videos <laughs> beforehand and then uploading them on time isn't something that i'm smart enough to do uh, so i am basically uploading every single day record editing all that kind of stuff making the thumbnail all within you know a few hours and uh, oh my God. making daily uploads um, let me ask you this. Um, hopefully you don't take offense to this, but how old are you? Uh, I'm currently 19. I turned 19 okay. last week or the week before that. My birthday was on May 16th. Oh, uh, happy birthday or happy belated birthday, I should say. Well, thank you, sir. Um, the reason why I ask is it's just like, damn, that I... I'm just trying to figure out like how the heck you have the time and you saying 19 that makes a lot of sense Yeah, because <laughs> I had a lot more time when I was that young yeah my, my only job is working at my LGS and I only work like Fridays and Saturdays there um, so it basically gives me the rest of the week to just kind of you know play some video games chill around my house and you know do chores and that kind of stuff and uh, aside from that I'm just here making YouTube videos oh man well good on you for that I mean it's 
I mean, a lot of people may think, you know, oh, just doing YouTube videos, but you, you end up learning a lot just doing it, managing a channel and, and it's not just doing the video and editing and all that stuff. It's also, also the marketing involved with it and really trying to get yourself out there. And you seem to be doing something right because like I said, it's, um, you've ever since you've switched to daily uploads, you've just sort of blown up all of a sudden you know and yeah. it's it's nice to see that too you know yeah it, it, it definitely feels nice uh, for sure um i i am a marketing student and that's what i go to college for so i am kind of you know since i'm paying thousands of dollars for these marketing classes i might as well might as well use what i learned from them <laughs> uh, and oh I yeah put it, for I put sure it into the channel lots of uh, search engine optimization kind of stuff that i've been uh, that i've been learning about and then putting to use here on the channel and it seems to be working out well all right. Awesome, man. So what would you say differs your channel from other people? Uh, I think like the biggest thing that I'm getting from people, according to the comment section that differentiates me, um, is that my videos are extremely informative. Uh, the kind of way that I upload my videos, I tend to go into detail. It makes my videos a little bit longer than what most people are used to. Most people are used to like a five to 10 minute video. Mine sometimes end up being 15 to 20 minutes, but that's just because I put in a ton of additional detail that maybe other channels don't put in. Um, and then I think something else that a lot of people seem to be liking is that I don't really edit my videos a ton. I do put in like fade in and fade out at the end of each of the videos most of it yeah. is just me uh just talking to a camera about this game that i love and people seem to really be enjoying that it kind of uh you know makes people realize that i'm just a real person i i like this i like this game and i love talking about it and i'm not just constantly cutting out the worst parts of me you guys are just seeing one full take and uh people seem to seem to uh, enjoy that well, i know about the editing thing it's i I very rarely edit my podcast now. Probably the most editing I ever do is when I have interviews, and it's usually if the audio desyncs somewhere right. or or just there may be background noise or anything like that, but I'm pretty much the same way where I don't really do a whole lot of editing. So I, I, I admire that. Um, so uh, what does your channel mainly cover? Uh, my channel basically covers everything. Uh, I do a little bit of MTG Finance stuff, a little bit of Standard, a little bit of Modern. I think I even talked about like Legacy and Vintage in one of my videos last week. Uh, so it basically covers just everything. I do like tournament reports. We talk about the prices of some cards, do some speculations, um, just all sorts of sorts of uh, random MTG stuff. It uh, it basically appeals to everyone. Okay, great, great. So. Um, you, you've been in the game for about two years now. What are some things that you found to be sort of tough when it comes to content creation? So throughout the first like year and a half, the toughest part of content creation was just balancing my schedule. Um, because I had college classes at the time and I had like really weird schedules throughout those times. So it was hard for me to, um, pick days where I could just sit down and make a YouTube video. Um, because I, most college students like taking their classes like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or just Tuesday, Thursday. That's not really what I like to do. I like to take uh, classes on each of the five days. So that's a little bit less of a workload. Um, yeah. And so the hardest part for me was just kind of figuring out how I was supposed to balance uh, content creation with that because part of uh, up, part of uploading videos was when I created the channel, I said I didn't want content creation to take away from uh, my time to actually play the game because I do really love playing the game. Um, and so I didn't want to lose any of that time for content creation. So I would say that uh, handling, handling the time management was probably the hardest part of content creation. And then from there, everything else is just like a learning experience and... Uh, you get to learn from learn from different things throughout the time on YouTube, and then you get to improve from there. All right, awesome, man. 
So, um, it, speaking of time, um, how uh, now, since you work at an LGS, do you get to play often on Fridays and Saturdays? Yeah, it's actually like really nice. <laughs> I get to uh, on Friday nights if I'm the only one working, I get to compete in F and M and work the counter at the same time. It's it's a pretty nice job. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's absolutely fantastic. And then Saturdays are a little bit less. Uh, uh, we usually don't have as many events on Saturdays unless it's like yeah. game day or we're holding like a vintage tournament or something like that. Some something that's like pre-scheduled ahead of time. So on those days, it's a little bit uh, less exciting. I just kind of sit there and organize cards for five hours. But um, out on Friday nights, it's just it, I can't ask for a better job. It's great. That's awesome. So you mentioned vintage tournaments. Do you actually get people showing up for vintage? Yeah, we do. We actually have one of the uh, the biggest vintage shops in Pennsylvania. It's actually pretty great. Ooh. My uh, my boss, he has he's got like trophies in the uh, in the store of his vintage tournament wins, and we get some some great players to show up. We've had uh, Brian Kelly show up. He was an Eternal Weekend champion, vintage world champion, yeah. and I believe 2016, 2015, something like that. He's come up to the sh- uh, to the uh, store a few times. Rich Shea, he's another big member in the vintage community. He's come up a few times. So uh, definitely a lot of uh, some some big names in the vintage community have come to the shop. Oh, uh, have you actually got to play any vintage decks? No, I got to I got to like play test a little bit um, before some of the events, just kind of messing around and stuff. But yeah. Uh, not actually playing any of the events oh man it's vintage i mean i've never played an official vintage event just only you know with proxies or online or anything but um i gotta say it's definitely a very crazy format yeah in terms of how fast and how powerful it is um very fun no but that's really cool that you guys get a vintage scene like that it's hell i struggle to even have a legacy scene where i'm at it's um it's it's frustrating i mean modern is huge where i'm at here but it's you know legacy is few and far between and vintage is practically non-existent here in florida we're we're like the exact opposite so like modern is super big but standard is kind of unexistent and then legacy is unexistent but then vintage we end up having a few people too so basically (laughs) like you would expect more people to play legacy over vintage yeah I I guess the people in our area just have already spent enough money on their vintage decks. They just want to play yeah. vintage instead of playing Legacy. I wouldn't blame them. I mean, hell, who wouldn't want to play with Power 9 as often as you could? Exactly, you know? exactly. I mean, shit, I know if I bought Power 9, because I've actually, I've, I've tempted, I've, I've been tempted to buy some pieces of power and, you know, save up for it. And I've talked about it before on the show where I could, but then I had to really think about it where I'd probably only play vintage once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to spend that kind of money, it's I need to have make sure there's a scene and actually want to play. Because if I'm going to spend like 10, 15 grand on a deck, you damn well sure, sure as hell I, I want to play it. Right. You know, yeah. I don't want to just sit there like my Legacy Elves deck just sort of sits there. Yeah. Because it's, um, yeah, all, all that money spent on those guys' cradles are kind of just just sitting there not really doing much yeah we have we have vintage about once a month so i guess 12 times a year is when people would get to play with them but that's just at our shop of course there's you know other shops in pennsylvania we have people drive up sometimes from like new jersey and some of the other states nearby so that's still not bad at all though once a month yeah no that's really cool though so um what are some of your favorite things working at an lgs oh man i guess the people the people are just absolutely fantastic i I think I've met some of my best friends through Magic, which is just absolutely fantastic to say. Um, it, it, this game has just meant a lot to me, and being able to meet some of these people has been 
uh, fantastic. And then just uh, being given the opportunity to spend even more time with these people, spending more time with the game that I love. I think it's just, it's absolutely fantastic. And I know a lot of the uh, a lot of the guys from the shop are actually uh, when, once this uh, once this podcast goes up, I'm I'm linking them to uh, to all of this. They were quite excited to hear that I was uh, being the guest oh, awesome. on a podcast. So I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll enjoy this. Well, that's awesome. Um, well, thank you. And shout out to all your buddies out there that are listening right now. Um, so do you have any LGS horror stories? Because uh, I, I love hearing that. Like maybe, I mean, you don't have to name names or anything, but any of players that have just been terrible or or just some crazy events happen since you've been working there? I don't think we've had any, like, true horror stories. We've had, like, some bad things happen, like... Uh, like some cheaters at pre-release and that kind of stuff, but I, we haven't had like any, you know, like fights or anything like that. We've had like a screaming match one time in one of the vintage tournaments, but uh, <laughs> aside from that, everything is just super calm. We're we're a really relaxed, chill store, and it's a, uh, it, it's great. That's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah, it's I've had my share of. I guess shops that I've been to where you're just immediately walking and you're like, Oh, I'm never coming here again. Yeah. It's um dirty place, dirty bathrooms, um, just disgusting all around. And the smell of BO is just insane. Yeah. I, I don't think we have that at our shop. Our shop's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I mean, compared to some of the other shops, like we might not be the nicest in like venue venue kind of thing because we are, located in what's essentially a rundown mall there's it used to be like this really big thing i've grown up in this area for my entire life and the mall used to be like the big place to go there was tons of stores all the big name stores and that kind of stuff and now it's basically like us and a few other stores and the rest of the building is just getting bought out by like office space and things like that there's essentially nothing else to do there anymore Oh, I know it's it's happening all around America. It's I used to have one of my favorite LGSs at a mall, and then they closed because the mall was trying to up the rent mm. of the place, and um, they had to close down, and they couldn't open up elsewhere. And that was probably the nicest LGS in our area, and it's sad that they went away. And um, so yeah, I mean that's just happening around the country. Just malls are going out of business. They can't sustain that model because of online stores like ebay amazon and walmart yeah. they just destroy them yeah even for business. even for just like in the magic scene too like we have channel fireball and star city games where you can just go on their websites order cards legit mtg as well your sponsor uh you can just yep. kind of go on there and you know order order cards whenever you want uh, from the uh from you know the convenience of your own home so it is kind of uh, it is kind of difficult but it happens yeah yeah it, it's definitely difficult for an lgs to you know sell cards like that but i mean there's something to be said for you being able to just get in a car and go down to a store and buy the cards you need instead of having to wait especially if you need those cards right then and there for a tournament or something like that and and then plus usually when i've dealt with lgs is there if you know the people they can sometimes throw you some good deals and all mm-hmm. that stuff if you buy you know a lot at once so um do do you um how do you guys do you guys just do magic at your LGS? Yeah, we're pretty much just magic. Um, we have like every Wednesday night we have D and D nights, so people can come in for those, and we actually get like a decent number of people for those. Like 
I want to say somewhere between like 10 to 20 people. We have two campaigns going every Wednesday. They meet every Wednesday. Nice. Um, but aside from that, we're pretty much just magic. We have like, we started uh, Smash Bros tournaments up at the, uh, there's a college that's about 10 minutes away from us and the college Smash Bros team club has uh has started hosting those once a month at our shop now too um but aside from that everything's just magic magic is where we make most of our money okay nice nice so um how many guys do you usually get for uh fnm typically uh, fnm probably somewhere between on the lower days uh somewhere around six to eight on the upper days probably around 16 to 20 i would say um, pre-releases are usually our biggest events and I think we have around 30 to 40 for some of those so do you work the all the pre-releases when they come out no so I actually get to I work uh, the shop opens up at 5 p.m. on Friday and then I work from 5 p.m. to midnight and then I can play in the pre-release events then from midnight up until like 11 oh, in the morning or you're something lucky like that. you're lucky because yep. <laughs> I, I see every time I've been to pre-release and you know, the LGS is near me. I always see the poor shop owner just, you know, having to be there from open till, was it like Saturday night or something like that? And yep. just, oh man, I always feel so bad for him. Yeah. Because pre-releases are gotta be killer. Yeah. Like it, it's kind of hard going from like working 5 p.m. to like midnight. And then even like I said, I play on the Friday nights too. I play in FNM while I'm working. So yeah. I'm essentially playing magic from like 5 to... 5 p.m. to like 11 a.m. the next morning every pre-release which is still ridiculous and I don't know how or why I do it but um, it's it's always a lot of fun pre-release is always a good time yeah I can't do it anymore I'm too old to do the midnight pre-release <laughs> I, I just can't do it anymore it's it screws up my sleeping schedule for days and then you know because I work a regular nine to five job right. and yeah. it, it ruins me but um no, that's really cool though, man. Um, so you've been playing since Dragons of Tarkir. Yep. Um, tell me a little bit about what actually got you into Magic. Like, wh what what sparked it? Uh, so I originally, the first time I ever held a Magic card was actually like World Wake M10, M11, those kind of that kind of era. Okay. Uh, I was, God, I don't even know, like. 10 or 11 at the time probably and um my my babysitter at the time played the game and he convinced me to go out and buy a deck builders toolkit and that's when uh that's when i first held the magic card and so then i just had these cards after he stopped being my babysitter i just had these cards kind of just <laughs> laying around um and then i uh i got back into it around dragons of tarkir i had a friend in one of my business law classes he had a few magic cards that he brought to school that day and i was like oh i have some of these in my closet and he was like oh yeah we we go up to this store you should come to the store sometime with us and i eventually said yes and i've been i've been hooked ever since so was it was it standard right away that got you hooked, or was it draft, or what was it? Uh, so it was originally standard, and then just kind of like casual play. I can I can still remember to this day uh, getting yelled at in my first tournament for having five Omen speakers in my deck. Not that Omen speaker was a good card, but uh, it was in my deck anyway. Five copies of it, um, just from the deck builder's toolkit, and um, from there I built a nice little green white. Uh, plus one plus one hardened scales kind of deck uh, and had a lot of fun with that that deck was super super sweet um, and then from there standard just kind of hooked me and then after 
I did my first draft in Modern Masters 2015 was my first ever draft and from there limited kind of uh, limited stole my heart oh I love me some limited it's we used to have a good limited scene here but then it's as soon as some LGS has disappeared and nothing but standard is around here and I get I get kind of bored of I mean I I enjoy standard because it changes you know every three months and all that but just trying to keep up with it sometimes is just too much yeah we have so. we have quite a bit of uh i would say about half of the uh maybe a little over half of the fnms that we fire each year are uh are drafts so it's it's definitely a lot of fun i'm not just the only one at my shop that likes limited i'm probably the one that likes it the most at my shop um but there are definitely a few other people at the shop that enjoy it too which is super nice that's good. That's good. What have been some of your favorite draft environments so far? Uh, Eldritch Moon was fantastic. Uh, that was definitely one of the best. Dominaria is pretty good, too. Dominaria is quite fun. I find myself ending up in blue-white quite a lot in Dominaria. I don't know why yeah. I end up in that color combination so much in this draft format. I feel like there's other decks I'm supposed to be drafting, but you get past an Academy <laughs> Drake or a Raph Capuchin, and you just have to go blue-white every time. Um, and yep. then aside from that, the first draft I ever won was Battle for Zendikar, uh, and I had a lot of fun in that one too, uh, similar to Dominaria. Uh, when I first started out learning to draft, so Modern Masters 2015 was my first draft, like I said, and I went 0-3. I drafted a Mox Opal as my pack one pick one, and then proceeded to put zero other artifacts in my deck because I didn't read what the card did. Um, <laughs> and then from there, I, I realized I wanted to try and do this whole limited thing because at the time I was was playing that green white uh plus one plus one counters deck and my cards yeah. weren't necessarily the best and i was going up against all the tier one stuff because my shop is fairly competitive we have a lot of really really good players up there um and at the time there were some some just fantastic players who kept killing me up there and uh i, I decided limited was probably going to be my best way of beating them i might not have the money to to build the uh the decks that I wanted to in standard, but in limited it doesn't matter. You're all paying the same money up front, and you can yeah. uh, just kind of build your deck around your around whatever cards are passed to you in your draft. And I decided I wanted to become good at that. Watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos, did a ton of practice drafts, and decided that I was going to win this battle for Zendikar draft. It was going to be my like second or third <laughs> draft ever, and I was going to win it. And I somehow managed to. I ended up in a blue white aggressive deck, and then from there I proceeded to draft nothing but blue white aggressive decks in. Uh, Battle for Zendikar draft nice. just because I enjoyed that so much. No, the Battle for Zendikar was fun. Um, the only the only thing I remember the most about it was green was terrible. Oh yeah, green was and so that, bad. Yeah, gr green did get better when Oath came out. I do remember that. And um, it was one of my favorite draft formats was Triple Cons of Tarkir. Did you ever get to do that one? I think I got to do it like once, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, I got to draft it once, and I'm pretty sure we all put on the stipulation to ourselves that we were all just going to force five color morphs. Um, and so it wasn't necessarily right. the, uh, the best <laughs> draft for us, but it was definitely a lot of fun forcing five color. Oh, yeah, I remember just drafting what was it double savage knuckle blade oh, yeah. in one draft and just that card was so good but he never saw any playing constructed and i was so sad about that because he was such a good limited card such a beater um yeah that that was one of my favorite draft formats i've been loving dominaria by the way like i have not had this much fun since um got probably kanza tarkir because while I enjoyed Shadows over Innistrad, I, I think I liked Triple Shadows more than Eldritch Moon. 
um, when that was included with it. Yeah, I can see that. Tri- Triple Shadows was a good one, too. You had, like, you couldn't really force the Investigate deck, like the blue-green clues deck. You couldn't really do that once Eldritch Moon was out, but in Triple Shadows, that was definitely a fun one to draft. Oh, yeah. I, I loved doing that. Um, I remember doing this, um, yeah, just like a blue mill deck or, or blue clues deck and just for with flying, with flyers, and I'd have to look up the list. Yeah. But yeah, that format was a lot of fun. Um, Kaladesh, eh, eh, I didn't really care for Kaladesh and Aether Revolt. Amonkhet was a very fast format, from what I remember. Yeah, Amonkhet was Amonkhet was basically if you were the red white drafter, you were the winner of the draft. Uh, but then once Pretty we got much. once we got Hour of Devastation, then things became much more interesting because then blue was actually playable, which was nice. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so what what do you like better, uh, draft or sealed? Uh, I'd have to say draft, just because I like the ability of in sealed you you get to build your own deck and you get to look at all these cards, which is nice. But I feel like in draft you have more control over what you're doing. You can pass the signals to your opponents saying like, hey, this color's open versus this color's not open, and you can kind of build your deck on the fly. And I think that that kind of requires a lot more skill, if that makes any sense, being able to create your deck as you're uh, picking each of the cards individually instead of just looking at all the cards and saying, yep, this is clearly my clearly the deck I'm supposed to be playing. Yep. Yep, no, I, I agree with you there because it's like when I was at GP Dallas and I opened my sealed pool and I see like, oh, I pretty much got nothing. And then, of course, the guy right next to me, you know, pulls like Teferi Karn yep, and sounds about you know, right. everything everything you need for blue white to be an awesome sealed pool and it's like i got a demon lord bells and lock but nothing really good though. Yep. <laughs> nothing else to really support it yep. um yeah so i mean sealed can be fun um i definitely like two-headed giant sealed um that that can be really fun and um I, i'm definitely excited about battle bond i'm going to be doing the battle bond i guess pre-release next weekend and um, can't wait for that. Yeah. Two, uh, what What are your, some of your thoughts on that one? Uh, so I think Battle Bond is going to be a lot of fun. Two-Headed Giant, really not something that I'm super big on. Uh, I generally prefer just like the one-on-one matchups. That's uh, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of like Commander because of it being multiplayer, but I know a lot of people are, and of course if a lot of people enjoy it, then uh, that's you know perfectly fine, and they're good to enjoy. Whatever it takes for people to enjoy Magic is is good with me. But personally, I'm not a big multiplayer format kind of thing. The only exception being like conspiracy drafts. We uh, yeah. we draft quite a few conspiracy drafts throughout the uh, throughout the past few months at our shop. Uh, when I think it was the entire like Ixalan Rivals of Ixalan, that draft format just really wasn't something that any of us enjoyed. Um, and so we spent a lot of time doing some really wacky drafts, like a bunch of conspiracy throwbacks drafts and I think during Ixalan was when we did the classic two Chinese journey into Nyx packs and one Japanese journey into Nyx pack uh, that was quite the fun draft as well okay that's cool um, so I guess you know speaking of more magic here uh, I, where what are some of your goals in terms of magic like are you trying to like 
go up the ladder in terms of competitive magic? I mean, I, I really like competitive play. I don't see myself ever, you know, making the pro tour or anything like that, but I definitely love competitive magic. Um, it's something that I that I have a, have a fun time playing. I just don't get to play it as often as I would like. Like, I only get to play in, like, one or two bigger tournaments a month, but the past, like, few tournaments I've been, I've been doing pretty good. I've had, uh, I do, like, these tournament reports on my channel since I started whenever I do a, a bigger tournament. I'll, I'll do a tournament report and I top 16 the past two bigger tournaments that I played in, which nice. was not too bad. Both of them being modern, where I was playing my favorite deck, A-Rack. Ugh. Ugh. Sounds <laughs> terrible. I mean, for the opponents, yeah, but for me, I've, yeah. I've got a lot of... I have a lot of experience with the deck. I've been playing it since October and I top aided one bigger tournament with it and then top 16 like three bigger tournaments with it, so not too bad. Nice. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a good deck. It's just not the most fun deck to play against. Yeah. It's um, Yeah, I mean, a any deck that just makes you just throw away your hand and then the opponent just can not really do anything. You're just... It's never that much fun. But, I mean, I've played against worse decks. Mm -hmm. And um, No, but that's cool. Uh, so that's mainly modern there. Yeah. And um, so... Yeah, man. So, have you been to any GPs before? Uh, I have not been to a GP. I went to one SCG event uh, one time, like, a year and a half ago. I had only been playing Magic for, like, uh, half, maybe, like, half a year, six months, somewhere in there, um, around okay. that much time. And uh, I, I went to one SCG tournament because my mom is a big like reader she likes reading and there was a book signing the same day as an scg event in the same convention center and so <laughs> my mom went to go you know do her thing with her friends where she was meeting all of these authors and things like that and i went up and did side event drafts for like i don't know six hours it was it was a fun time okay that's cool um so what did you mainly play there uh, that was during uh, Battle for Zendikar, so a lot of uh, oh, okay. a lot of blue white. <laughs> okay, blue white. And um, did you win any drafts? Uh, I don't think so. I think I I made it to the finals in both of them, but I think I took second in both of them. Okay, okay, nice. Um, so I, I guess what are some of your future plans for the channel here? Man, I'm just I'm just kind of taking it one day at a time. Uh, I think like when you were you were on Twitter and you saw like me posting all of the uh, like the thank you tweets for people just giving me all the support, yeah. and uh, you were telling me to uh, <laughs> that I was like this big famous YouTuber now and all this other kind of stuff, which of course, like I said earlier, <laughs> over exaggeration. But I'm just kind of taking it one day at a time and enjoying it while it lasts. I know that someday, you know, these people might not be. Supporting me as much as they are now because you know sometimes people get bored of the game you know they'll switch off and things like that so for the time being while I have this audience and people are willing to listen to me talk I'm just going to enjoy it one step at a time um, and then just kind of continue on with what I'm doing now uh, in terms of like bigger goals I think after after seeing this preview season I think my number one goal is to at some point receive a preview card I think it's definitely one of the coolest things I know you've gotten two preview cards now and both of them were super cool oh yeah i mean it's definitely cool to receive a preview card it's um you know it's i've been trying to I, I was trying to get one for over a year before wizards finally gave me one and you know it, it's it's a nice little nod you know from the official company 
you know, doing that. So, I mean, the, the only advice I can give is just keep at it. And ho- hopefully, I mean, there's it, it, one of the things with content creation is there is a lot of luck involved and, oh, yeah, for you know, sure. there could be, and, and that's gotta be one of the more frustrating things. Cause you know, you, you've been at this for two years, but then you see someone brand new bust onto the scene who doesn't, even seem like they know what they're doing and it's like all of a sudden just oh they suddenly gained 5,000 subscribers or 10,000 subscribers and you just sort of look at yourself and you're like what the fuck am I doing wrong yeah here? and I feel like unfortunately that's that's kind of something that like some people might be seeing with my channel right now like a lot of the people from like for example the kitchen table MTG forums that's where I originally met you from um, and I know yeah. that there was a ton of just really good content creators on there and while I was back at 200 subscribers they were all getting around like the 500 to 600 under subscriber marks and they were way at, way ahead of me and stuff like that and now they're seeing me kind of you know uh, be somewhat successful here with my channel now just kind of out of nowhere and uh, I'm, I'm just kind of hoping that they're you know still still kind of cool about it like that they're not uh, you know thinking negatively of me or anything like that for uh, me just randomly getting lucky and uh, having a few good tags on my videos and uh, ending, ending up with uh with these uh with the success that i'm currently having oh yeah no i mean it's definitely one of those um i mean i'm, I'm sure everybody at the forum is fine oh, with yeah, it but it's yeah. definitely one of those things where it's you know i, I guess because i don't focus too much on my youtube channel right <laughs> um i i pretty much just put my podcast episodes on there and sometimes one of my episodes will just suddenly get like over a hundred views and I'm like, Oh cool. But I, I'm, I more rely on my downloads right. and my downloads average anywhere from 1500 to 2000 downloads uh, a week. And um, so, you know, when I have a week that where I may not get that many downloads, it's sort of like, all right, what am I doing wrong? What's going on? And you know, it's, it's definitely one of those, you got to keep up with it and, um, really try to figure out, you know, what is your audience like? Because there'll be sometimes I'll do an episode where I don't give two craps about it. I'm just trying to get an episode out for the week. And not that I don't care about it, but I definitely didn't spend as much time, mm-hmm. you know, prepping for it. And it'll receive like, you know, over 2000 downloads. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I, I <laughs> know then, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and then there'd be an episode where, you know, I actually really tried, I prepped for it, and it's like, oh, I can't even break a thousand downloads for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm noticing so. that with YouTube already, too. Like, there's some videos where you'll put in, like, all this research, like, you'll think of the idea, like, a week ahead of time, you'll go through, you'll do all the research, and then it'll get, like, for me, somewhere around, like, maybe 200 views or something like that, and then it, these, other view, these other videos that I'm uploading, it's just, like... Uh, I figure them out in like 24 hours that I'm going to make this video, what the contents of the video is going to be. And then it gets like 500, 600 views instead. And it's like, why, why is this happening? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's just a weird game that we play in. Cause, um, I've noticed for my two preview card episodes, um, I release them a day early because I release on Fridays. Normally I do notice that the overall downloads, like the, the downloads on the first day when they get released are higher than normal mm-hmm. um, compared to a regular episode, but it trickles off much, much quicker than just my normal episodes. So I'll get that sudden surge in the first day. Then after that, it's like it declines much faster than a regular episode. Mm-hmm. So, And I think it's because I, I release them on a Thursday compared to a Friday. Uh, my regular episodes tend to get more downloads normally normally 
than a preview card episode, which you think would be the opposite, yeah, right? Yeah, but, you would think that would be the opposite. But people, more people are just like want to hear, you know, that preview card the first day it comes out. Then after that, most people already know what it is and don't really care. And, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I mean, what are you going to do? It, I don't know. It's it's all like like we've pretty much been saying this entire episode. It it comes down to luck. There's there's a lot of luck required in in being a successful YouTuber, and you can put together like you can have all the skills necessary, but uh, at the end of the day, it just comes down to whether people are searching for what you're making and how good you tag yeah. your videos and that kind of stuff. How lucky you can get. Yeah, and it gets frustrating sometimes because it's um, you know, because I. I I do enjoy making videos, but it's, I just don't have time. I put out a Twitter poll poll today to see if, you know, people be interested in seeing gameplay videos of my daughters and I playing. And I, and I did two test videos today. And while I mean, and I think about it, it's the quality is not that great. Like the, the camera I have on my MacBook is I have an older MacBook, like a 2015 one. Mm. And, um, it's the camera quality is not the greatest compared to my webcam I have on my, you know, gaming PC. Yep. And, um, it's like, do I really want to put this up? And then I think about the editing involved and I don't know. It's, I'm still debating whether or not I even want to do it. If I do, it may be a once a month thing, but it's not going to be a, um, continuous thing though. And that's, um, and that's part of the name of the game when it comes to content creation is being consistent. Yep. You know, it's, it's definitely hard to do that with, with the podcast, it's the hardest thing I forget with the podcast is putting up the episode on YouTube. I definitely forget that the most because mm-hmm. it's such a secondary thought. Right, yeah. Like for, for your cha- for your YouTube channel, like you said earlier, you focus more on the downloads. The, the YouTube channel isn't necessarily where you would get most of your views. So like for me, I'm kind of the opposite right now where I'm really focusing on my YouTube channel. And because I'm focusing on my YouTube channel, I'm not necessarily putting the effort into my Twitch channel that I would like to. Um, and so I'm really focusing on the YouTube stuff and the Twitch channel is kind of suffering because of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing that's definitely suffering is my Twitch channel. It's, I finally got Twitch affiliate in um, like a couple months ago. And then I have, I mean, I stream my other podcast VCR gaming on there every week and um, I'll try to do some magic stream, but there's a lot of times where, I just want to sit down and play magic, but if I want to stream, I have to sort of be entertaining in yep. a sense. Yep, I know. You know what I you have mean. to be, I have to be on. But there are times where I just want to play magic. I just don't want to be on. I just want to sit there and just, you know, start cursing at my other opponents <laughs> for taking way too fucking long during a game of EDH or Popper, and I'm just like, it's turn two. Either play a land or go. <laughs> yeah, you get those games of modern where you're up against the uh, either storm or the uh, the taking turns deck. Oh my gosh! It's the the one deck I hate the most right now because I mainly play Popper and um, EDH on Magic Online because mm-hmm. they're super cheap, and because uh, I I spend way too much money on Paper Magic, and so I don't really like spending that much money on Magic Online mm-hmm. um, for that. So um, the one deck I hate the most on Popper right now is that stupid wall deck that's going <laughs> around. It's that green red wall deck, yep. and I'm just like, like just just either figure out a way to kill me quickly or i'm just going to concede because all i mainly play are like mid-range to aggro decks for popper yeah I'm, I'm the same way for for popper i really like like the uh the elf strategy that's kind of uh my favorite deck in popper outside of that the uh 
the uh, Gurmag Angler strategies, like the Turbo Gurmag Angler ones, like with like, Zoom yeah. and things like that. Uh, oh, I, I love playing Rakdos Reanimator. Um, getting a turn to Ulamog's Crusher out, that's always nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my one of my favorite decks that I built is um, it was a Grixis Delver deck. It was a take on the blue red Delver deck, but I wanted to add some black in it for that. Um, what is it? That other black Delve creature that's common. The Sultai um, Scavenger. Yes, yes, that one. Um, and I have him, and then I just play a lot of control and um, you know whatever kill spells and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, really fun. Uh, it, it is a bit more of a longer control deck, but I gotta say my patience with playing Magic on a computer is so thin. It's very razor thin. But if I'm playing against you in paper, oh, you can take five minutes per turn. I don't really care. Yeah, I'll, I'll, just I'll like, find eh, myself doing eh, that same exact thing. <laughs> I actually like. I feel like when I'm in paper, I'm one of those people who I'm guilty of it. I flick my cards all the time. Just something I do, and so I've actually started like keeping cards next to me for whenever I play mid ghost that I have something to do while my opponents are taking their turns. Oh man, I, I the <clears throat> thing that I do when I'm playing uh, Magic Online is I have dice next to me, so I'm either mm. rolling dice or I'm twirling dice in my hands. And that's not a bad idea it's, either. Uh, yeah, it, well, it's also because I play D and D online as well too, so I like to have dice next to me nice, and nice. in case I don't feel like rolling on the program roll twenty. Or anything like that. Um, have you ever played D and D or anything? Uh, I have a few times. D and D isn't really something that I enjoy too much. Uh, I'll play it like my friend Tom. He's our our normal DM, and we'll we'll play it a couple times. But it's just not really something that I'm super big on. I'm much more of the reserved, quiet person uh, in real life. Like I know it seems kind of weird for a YouTuber to say that he's more of the reserved, quiet type. Um, most of the time, when you see a YouTuber there you know all over the top and super you know yeah. energetic and stuff like that but that's, smash that like button <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly but that's just that's not really who i am um and so yeah. <laughs> for the past like i don't know two or three times that i played D, i just like made my character mute that way i wouldn't have to uh i wouldn't have to say anything and let everyone else just took take over <laughs> the creativity no i i kind of understand what you mean i'm more of a i I'm pretty much an introvert, right? It's mm. I'm not one of those where I like to go out partying or anything like that. But if I'm with, you know, a group of people I like and enjoy, like I don't mind going out and hanging out and all that stuff. And when I'm at an LGS, especially with people that I know, you know, I will be very social. But most of the time, like I don't mind being alone and just being by myself. And, you know, I can entertain myself, you know, accordingly. Yep, I'm the same and, way. Um, so I, I know where you're coming from with that. Uh, with D&D, though, the, I'm finally a player for the first time in, like, forever, like, in 10 years. And um, But so one of the things I was hoping for with being a player is I don't have to talk too much because as a DM, you know, you're having to talk for, like, four or five-hour sessions, right? Yeah. And it just happens to be that I'm the talkative one of the group because no, out of the six players we have, I'm the only one who makes any decisions and I'm just kind of like, and and I'm always kind of like, come on guys, what do you want to do? Yep. What do you want to do? And they're all like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, Oh, fine. Yep. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm the one who gets us out of trouble. Cause I've got, I'm a bard. So I have naturally high charisma for a bard. And so I'm like, okay, I got to get everybody out of trouble and I got to make all the decisions. And it's, 
I mean, I, I enjoyed. I'm having fun playing, but it's just one of those. I didn't think I'd have to be talking so much. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So no, I mean, at, at least you've tried D and D. D and D. I I love D and D. I love creating characters. I love creating worlds. I I do like DMing more because I do like telling a story. And um, but it's like I said, it's I, I do enjoy being a player as well because you get to sort of thwart the DM's plans, or at least you try to at least. Yeah, like I've I've worked a few Wednesdays. My my normal days are. Uh, Fridays and Saturdays, but I've worked a few Wednesdays like where we have the D&D nights and those people really seem to enjoy it too and I know that they probably are enjoying that as much as I'm enjoying magic, so I'm I'm all for it. Oh yeah. It's um it it's crazy how acceptable um like D&D and magic have become mm-hmm. because um you know, when I was I mean, I hate to say this when I was your age, but I mean, (laughs) even even before I was your age, like when I was growing up, because I started playing magic. um, How old was I? I was like 10 or 11. And it's I've mentioned this before in the podcast where even the nerds who played video games, because you you were made fun of for playing video games back when I was a kid. Um, So even the kids who got made fun of for playing video games, they made fun of the kids who played magic or D&D. So it was it was a weird dichotomy where even the nerd geeky kids were making fun of the nerdier and geekier kids. Yeah, like it, it was for, it was still like that when when I was in school too. I used to uh, I used to play competitive uh, Call of Duty, and so I used to be yeah. like this big gamer. I was playing all the time, and people thought that it was kind of cool back then. But I'm sure if I would have said I was playing competitive, you know, Magic the Gathering, people would have uh, would have looked on it a little bit differently. Oh, I'm sure. I, I mean. It's I'm I'm sure there was that, you know, with you being in high school and all that, but it was it, it was almost like a different time because you also have to remember back when I was growing up there was that satanic panic oh, right, going right, right. on. Yeah, so yeah. So that there was also that as well because I can remember my mom would basically let me, you know, play magic and D and D and even the, the popular PC game at the time, Doom, was huge. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, and that had like satanic imagery everywhere. And I remember my mom's friends were all you know freaking out thinking i was going to go dark and and columbine had just happened you know one of the first Uh big school shootings so that was you know set off a huge panic um but it's crazy because when you look at D and magic now and just the type of people that play it now it's it's a lot more accepting than it is and it's almost it's it almost is weird in in a good sense because you know, you you see mainstream celebrities talking about D and D and magic and playing it, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like, whoa, what what universe and dimension did I walk into? Right? Yeah. You know, because yep. when when you grow up seeing like everybody saying like, oh, this is evil, you can't play this, or you know, you're you're such a weird person for playing it. You know, you're you sort of grow up with that image in mind that e- even today, you know, as old as I am, it's. I don't write straight out mention that I play magic in D and D, you know, because there's still a lot of those, um, those, um, stereotypes associated with Mm. it. I think like even the, uh, like the stereotypical nerd, like in, like in cartoons was generally like this, uh, kind of like this skinny dude with glasses kind of, kind of thing. But, uh, the more, the more you play magic, you realize that that's not necessarily like the group of people that, that play it. It's generally like more, uh, you're seeing a lot more beards nowadays in the magic community. Uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. Absolutely love my beard. 
Um, but uh, you're you're definitely seeing kind of like a change in even just the stereotypical look of a nerd kind of thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and um, yeah, it's. Oh yeah, I mean we have our lovely share of beards in the community, mm-hmm. and um, it's you know j- just like in any community, there's the good and the bad, and you know, like I said, I think for the most part, the community has become better. Um, in terms overall mm-hmm. and you know from where it's become and it, it's a it's a nice thing to see and like i said it's still kind of it still kind of takes me out of it sometimes where i see you know like famous people talking about it and i'm just like whoa okay this is weird yeah. like this never would have happened back in the 90s yeah i think or even in the 80s i think uh, i think it was <laughs> forgive me if i'm wrong but i think it was strictly better mtg put out a video one time where it was like 10 famous people you didn't know played Magic the Gathering or something like that and then it listed like a bunch of these just like fantastic A-list celebrities that also play Magic which was super cool oh yeah no it's um I haven't seen that video but I mean uh I I can't think of any famous people that play Magic except for like Joseph Gordon-Levitt um I know he's been mentioned before but I'm just for D&D like Vin Diesel and um Joe Maginella whatever the hell however you say his last name but like Vin Diesel plays D&D and that guy's like ripped to shreds Mm -hmm. you know could crush your face you know with his pinky and all that stuff and he's like yep I'm play D&D I'm like oh that's pretty freaking awesome yeah I want (laughs) to say like some of the people on the list were like uh, Chris Cluey, who I know, he, he used to be like an NFL punter, I believe. Um, and then like oh, okay. Seth Rogen was on the list, which I thought was pretty cool too. Oh, yeah. I have heard him be mentioned before. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about him. Um, no, but that's really cool though. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I guess before we wrap things up here, do you have anything down in the pipeline that maybe you want to... Um, talk about like anything that you've got plant planned or anything big or anything like that i mean nothing nothing really too big i'm i'm always willing for you know collaborations of any kind this is actually only my my second collaboration that i've done with another youtuber um which i think is super cool i love being able to do this kind of stuff and i have fun every time i do it um so hopefully more collaborations to come in the future that'd be super cool uh, who else have you done a collaboration with? Uh, the only other one was uh, Rhino, um, MTG Young Mage. He did a series back during Amonkhet where he gave a bunch of YouTubers the Amonkhet welcome decks, like the different colors that you could, uh, the different color combinations, and you had to do like a $5 upgrade and like a $10 upgrade. Personally, if oh, okay. personally if you if you're like thinking if you're listening and thinking about going back and watching that video, just just save yourself the time and don't watch it. It was <laughs> it was really bad. I I spent so much time trying to make the deck really good that I ruined the audio and it was it was horrendous. The the audio was like ridiculously quiet. You have to like put your YouTube audio up all the way plus your computer oh, no. audio up all the way. It was so bad. I don't know, but that's still cool though that you um did that at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to get him him and his dad on the podcast one time. Just I've I've told him it's just that that's one thing that's tough about this is just the logistics of trying to get all these you know people I want to get on and then. Mm-hmm. But I also want to do I like doing my solo episodes where I just ramble on about magic for an hour yep. and then as soon as I hit stop I com- 
completely forget what I just said. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, man. But um, so where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or find your videos or anything like that? So you can find me on YouTube. My YouTube channel is AlbiMTG, all one word. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Albi underscore MTG. And then you guys can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash Albi is live. Awesome, man. So I will be sure to have those links in the show notes so you can look for them there. And um, I just want to thank you again for coming on and just, you know, shooting the breeze with me about magic and YouTube. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've, I've been ever since I first met you, I've, I kind of wanted this to be one of my goals, too, was to someday show up on the podcast after seeing you, you know, talk with all these other just great people. And I, I think it's super cool that you invited me on and I can't thank you enough for giving me the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome, man. And thank you. Thank you again. That that means, I mean, that's, that's crazy. You said that it's, I'm just a normal person. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, thanks again, man. And have a great night. Thank you. Same to you. Hey everybody. Zuby here. And I really hope you enjoyed listening to this week's show. If you want to reach out with any questions or comments or anything like that, you can definitely hit me up at the following on facebook.com slash magic with Zuby. You can hit me up on Twitter at Magic with Zuby. We've also got an Instagram. I think the Instagram is at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby. Uh, you can also send me an email at mtgzuby at gmail.com. Uh, and that's probably the best way to get in contact with me. Um, if you also want to help support the show, um, you can check our Patreon out at patreon.com slash Magic with Zuby. A lot of cool prizes and rewards there for um, people who sign up. I'd also like to thank my sponsors, LegitMTG.com, for um, helping the show out. And for a long time now, it's been been a while, they've been a sponsor of Magic Wazubi. Um, if you want to order any Magic singles or sealed product and you want free shipping with that, just order anything over $2 or more and you get free shipping anywhere within the United States. They've got a wide array of selection of singles and sealed product. Um, definitely the current up-to-date stuff is the best. Um, and so be sure to check out legitmtg.com. Also like to thank manatraders.com for being a relatively new sponsor of Magic Wazubi. Really appreciate um, them sponsoring us here. So if you are tired of buying singles on Magic Online and you want to you know, have the top tier deck because you want to challenge. There's a league or a challenge or a mox that you want to be a part of and you think you have a good chance of winning. Mana Traders is there for you. Uh, Mana Traders allows you to rent any cards and decks you want for a monthly price for as low as $9.95 a month. Um, you can use the coupon code MTGZUBI when you check out and get 15% off your first three months. Uh, that's ManaTraders.com, so be sure to check them out. All right, everybody, that's a wrap. And like I said, thank you again for listening to Magic with Zuby here.